Well, for the last few weeks online, we've been talking about uh, the parables of Jesus, which are stories that use common, everyday things to relay deep truths about the kingdom and the character of God. And so as we uh, dive into this morning's parable, uh, I thought I'd start with a story from my own life that is a parable of sorts. And it happened when I was in seminary at Duke in uh, 2012 or so. And one of the requirements for graduation was a Christian ethics course. And so the Christian ethics course, the basic format was you had to read about six books throughout the semester and then write a paper on each one and turn them in. And all of those things added up to your final grade. And so all throughout the semester, I've been working hard. I had been going to the library every day. I'd go to the library in the afternoon, read, read, read. Then I would go to Panda Express, take a break for dinner. Then I would come back to the library, and then I would keep reading. I would write. I, w- I was turning in my papers on time. I was sacrificing a lot of stuff on the weekends to, to get the best grade. And going into the last day of class, I had basically an A- minus or so, which I was pretty proud of. So I had turned in all my papers. I was excited. I was kind of ready for the class to be over. And then on the final day of class, our professor, when we were sitting down, gave an introduction, and she said, hey, thanks everybody for coming to the final day of class. Uh, I I just want to let you know, I know some of you are sitting here today, and you haven't turned in a single assignment all semester. And I was thinking, why would you be here if you hadn't turned any assignment, right? Why would you even go to the last day of class if you had turned in zero assignments? But she said, you know, hey... Some of you haven't turned in anything, and I just want to let you know that grades are due next week. But if you read all the books and write all the papers by next week, then you can still get an A in the course, and you can get full credit for everything. And you can imagine my reaction. I mean, I was, I was angry. I was frustrated, and she said, I know everybody has unique circumstances, but I knew the circumstances of some of my friends, and some of my friends were lazy, and they wanted to have fun and do other things, and so they didn't do their assignments on time, and now here at the end of class, they had a chance to get the same grade that I did, and I was angry, I was frustrated, and I walked out of class that day with an A minus in Christian ethics and with anger in my heart, which is a little ironic. And it wasn't until a few years later, after reflecting on the whole situation and my anger and how I responded, that I realized that maybe my teacher was trying to teach us a lesson in that moment, in that final day of class, a lesson that Jesus actually teaches in the parable that we're going to look at this morning, a parable in Matthew chapter 20 in which people are frustrated and angry, really just like I was on that day in class. And so uh, here's, what, here's what Jesus says, Matthew chapter 20. He's talking uh, to the disciples here. He says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day. And a denarius in their culture was a full day's wages. So he agreed to pay them a full day's wages and he sent them into his vineyard. And about nine in the morning, he went out And he saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. So he told them, hey, you also go and work in my vineyard and I'll pay you whatever is right. So they went. And he went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. And about five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. And he asked them, why why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. Well, he said to them, will you also go work in my vineyard? 
And when the evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. And so the workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius, which is a full day's wages. So when those who came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. And when they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said. And you've made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous? And then Jesus sums it all up with this phrase. He says, so the last will be first and the first will be last. And here, I mean, although Jesus is talking about workers and vineyards and payments, I don't think, you know, he's trying to teach us about how to handle money and run a business. And even though my professor was talking about grades and papers and assignments, I don't think she was trying to teach us ultimately about how to run a classroom. Instead, I think what she and Jesus were trying to teach us about, I think what this parable is about, is a little something about the nature of, of God's grace. The nature of God's grace. And now Jesus, he could have told parables on many different things and many different topics, but I think he chose to tell this parable about grace because grace is a hard thing for us as humans to grasp, right? I mean, just think about me in the classroom. So I had worked hard, I had done the assignments, and we're taught throughout our lives, you do the work, you put in the effort, and then you will be rewarded. And then I thought, well, those who didn't put in the work, those who didn't put in the effort, those who didn't perform, well, they should be penalized. They certainly shouldn't get the same grade that I get. We think people should be rewarded based on their performance. That's how things work in our world. Or think about the workers in the parable. I mean, think about how they worked. Some of them worked 12 hours in the blazing sun. Have any of you been doing yard work lately? Yeah. I, I cut my grass, the front yard. I cut the front yard sometimes because I don't want to cut the backyard, you know. Um, and so I cut the front yard yesterday. It only takes like 20 minutes, and it's 100 degrees. It's miserable. These guys worked 12 hours in the hottest part of the day doing manual farm labor. And so they're thinking, you know what? We're, we're, we need a day's wages. We need to get rightfully paid. And they do. But they also expect that the person who came and worked literally one hour... The person who showed up late, they're thinking, well, they're not going to get paid the same as we are because that's not how things are supposed to work in this world. We should be rewarded for the work that we put in. And if you think about our relationship with God, a lot of times this mentality kind of creeps into that as well. We think, you know what? If I put in the work, if I do good things, if I pray, if I come to church online, on July 5th, after fireworks have been going off all night, 
right? I, I, I'm going to be good in God's grade book. Like he is going to be happy with me. He's going to bless me. He's going to give to me because that's our mentality. We do good things. We build our resume with God. We, we do good works. We love our neighbor. We sacrifice for others. Then God is going to treat us really well. And then we think, okay, but you know, if I sin, if I fall short, if I, if I do these bad things and my life falls apart, then we think, okay, well, that makes sense. You know, that's probably kind of what I, what I deserve. I mean, that's the logic we kind of run our lives with, and that's the logic that runs our world. But what Jesus is trying to tell us here is that grace isn't logical. Grace is lavish. Grace isn't logical. Grace doesn't work according to the logic of the world. Grace is lavish. It's something that God gives to us freely and extravagantly. I mean, God doesn't give us what we deserve. He doesn't reward us based on all the good things we've done. He doesn't say, hey, you know what? I love your religious resume and how you have done all of these things. You've fasted, you've prayed, you read your Bible every day during quarantine. You've been so faithful. Okay, now you can enter into my kingdom. You have done so good. Now you've earned my love. That's not how things work in God's kingdom. He doesn't say, okay, you can enter into my kingdom because you've led such a great life. God doesn't love us based on what we've done. God loves us based on who he is and his character, his essence, his nature is love. And as we see in the parable, he is a giving and he is a generous God. He gives to us not because of what we've done, but because of what he's done for us through Jesus Christ. I mean, that's why we sing that song, Reckless Love. It's one of my favorite songs kind of in the last few years. It's reckless. It's incalculable. It, it, it chases us down. It's never ending. That's why we sing Amazing Grace, right? I mean, we sang it earlier, and you know this, right? Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved an amazing do-gooder like me. No, that's not how it goes. That saved a wretch like me. Grace is amazing because we don't deserve it. And grace, if you want a definition of grace, you could think of it as the unearned, undeserved, unrepayable power and presence of God at work in our lives. And it's an amazing gift, an amazing gift that God desires to give to all of us. And for us, that's good news. It's good news because it means that we don't have to try to, to put on a, a face and perform for God. It means we can step off the treadmill uh, uh, of trying to, to live better and do better in order to win God's love and approval. God wants us to live from his love and approval, not for his love and approval. And so it means that, that we, can, we can stop trying to perform for him and for others. God's grace comes to us freely. And it also means that, that when we, we do terrible things, that when we have... When we have wrecked our lives, when we've made a mess of things, it means that the worst thing in our life that we've done isn't the last thing. It means that when we have hit rock bottom, or especially when we've hit rock bottom, there God's grace meets us. If you think about the parable of the prodigal son that Lucas preached on a few weeks ago, we find grace not just for the younger brother who made a mess of his life, but also there's grace for the older brother 
who's tried to earn his father's approval his whole life. And his his father says, "You you didn't have to do any of that for me to love you. Come into the party. I love you because you are my child. I mean, grace is good news for you and for me. And grace is something that Jesus not only taught about in things like parables, but he also displayed it. He displayed it again and again. And one of the most profound examples, I think, of Jesus' grace was when he was nailed to a cross on Calvary between two different thieves. The thief on one side was hurling insults at him, mocking him, acting just like the crowd. But then we read in the Gospels that there was a thief on the other side of Jesus, arms outstretched, nailed to the cross, just like him. This, this, this person had done things, and basically he says to Jesus in, in some of his final breaths, he says, look, I know death is what I deserve. I, I know I'm rightly punished. I'm not innocent. But he says, Jesus, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? Another way of putting that is he's saying to Jesus, Jesus, is there, is there grace enough for me? For someone like me? And Jesus turns to him and says, yes. Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. And he was able to say that not because of what the man had done or not done, but because of what he was doing, because of what Jesus was doing in that moment. Dying on the cross, taking a punishment he didn't deserve, taking really the punishment that we deserved upon himself so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be reconciled to God and have a place in paradise with him. And if you think about everybody watching that day, they were probably uncomfortable, kind of like the people hearing this parable were uncomfortable. Because logically, they're thinking, this man, this man is being rightfully executed. He doesn't deserve grace. He doesn't deserve to be in paradise with, with God and with Jesus Christ in a, in a few moments. I've worked hard all my life. I've, I've tried to do good. I, I want to have that promise of paradise. I want to be with Jesus forever. Right? People are thinking, you know what? This isn't right. This isn't, this isn't fair that this man in these final moments is going to get to be with Jesus when he's lived like a wretch his whole life. I mean, logically, it didn't make sense to them. But lavishly, Jesus, with outstretched arms, welcomed him into his kingdom. And logically, if we think about our own lives, I mean, we don't deserve a place in God's kingdom. We can't do enough good deeds to make up for the ways we've fallen short and have ignored God and not done what he wants us to do. I mean, logically, we deserve punishment and death, but lavishly, Jesus gives us his grace. All we have to do is open up our hands and our hearts and receive it. And so this morning, I want to ask you two questions. And the first question is this, is will you open yourself up to God's grace today? Because God's grace, sometimes we think, you know, okay, that's something that, that we experience one time or 
uh, a couple profound times in our lives, but really the whole Christian life is a life of grace. I mean, it's God's grace that draws us unto himself. It's God's grace that enables us to say, Jesus Christ is my Lord, and that, that helps us be born again. And it's God's grace that helps us continue on the journey of becoming more and more like Jesus. It's something that we can't do on our own. We need God's power, his presence, and his love in us to transform us from the inside out. And so this morning, I don't exactly know where you need God's grace in your life, but I know, I know you need it. Maybe it's, it's forgiveness for some besetting sin that, that you keep doing over and over. Maybe it's, it's a rough edge in your life and in your soul, and you need God's grace to kind of shape it and mold it and to make you more like Jesus. Maybe it's just grace enough to help you get through this season, and you're just saying to God, God, I, I can't do this. I can't make it on my own. I need you. The only prerequisite for receiving God's grace is acknowledging that you need it. And so this morning in the final song, I'm gonna invite you to reflect and to pray and to think about where do I need God's grace in my life today? So that's the first thing. And the second thing I wanna ask you to think about and to live out is, is a question of who can I share God's grace with? Because God's grace is something that flows to us, but it's also something that he wants to flow through us. But, but a lot of times we shortchange the equation and we kind of, we wanna receive God's grace, but then we don't wanna pass it on to other people, but, it, but it's something God wants us to be a conduit of his grace, someone who receives it and then demonstrates it and shares it with other people. And this holiday weekend, I mean, a lot of us have been reflecting on, on our country and our freedom and our nation's history. But, but I've also been thinking about our, our present situation and our future. And I've been thinking, you know, what would it be like in our country, if, if we, just starting with us as people of faith, if we began giving grace to other people? How would things change if we, instead of shaming or condemning other people, led with love? What if, what if those people we know, they don't, they don't deserve to, 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 to get grace. They don't deserve in our minds to receive mercy or forgiveness. What if all those people logically in our minds were like, they don't deserve this, they, they don't need this. I mean, what if we, we just said, hey, we're gonna extend grace to them? What would happen if we began living like Jesus, sharing his grace with people everywhere we went? I think things would get better, don't you agree? I think we'd begin to see a change. And I think we'd begin to see God's grace not just transforming our lives, but also transforming our world. And so as we, we pray and sing, I want you to also think, not just where do I need God's grace, but who can I share his grace with today? So let us pray. God, we need you. We need your presence. We need your love. We need your power because, God, we can't do this on our own. 
we can't fix the things that we've broken. God, we can't do enough good to, to make our ledger and our balance logically work out. God, we need your grace. God, we need your grace to forgive us. We need your grace to sustain us. We need your grace to transform our relationships and how we, we interact with other people in the world. So God, we pray this morning that you might help show us in your kindness, God, would you show us where we need you? And would you meet us in those places? And then God, as you meet us, would you, would you help us? We're so bad at this. God, would you help your grace not just flow to us, but flow through us to other people. God, we know we're hard to love and so many others are hard to love too. And God, help us to love them with your heart, to love them like Jesus loved them, to lay down our very lives for them so that they might experience grace and so that they might have an experience with you. We ask all of these things. In the name of your son, Jesus, amen.